how y'all doing family this is cody we're here on the constipated christian and um we just finished up uh wrapping up the last uh part that you guys have heard recently and we just got sitting down and having a beautiful conversation um about something that god has had heavy on our hearts regarding forgiveness and uh our last episode we talked a lot about walking out your faith and walking with jesus and i think one of the biggest overlooked things in order to do that successfully is being able to walk in forgiveness and to lower yourself um, and put yourself in such a humble state that you are more concerned with the other person, whether you are in the right or in the wrong, um, in order just to repair a relationship and stay in good standing with someone. And uh, Bud, you shared an amazing testimony um, about something that has happened in your life with just that, where somebody uh, may have wronged you or may have not, depends on who's looking at it, but um, you chose to make the decision to lower yourself and put yourself into a humble and meek position and just do what you could to repair and make amends and to, and to reinstate that relationship. And uh, I just think it would be a beautiful thing for people to hear because that's, that's the real rawness of what I, what I think you're trying to capture with this. Um, so kind of fill us in, my man. So uh, we were talking about we should do a, an episode on uh, forgiveness. We talk a lot about it, but we don't really do it uh, at church. It's one of the Christ-like qualities that uh, should be in our top 10, I'm thinking. <clears throat> So uh, I'll just kind of get right into it. We had uh, dear friends of ours. Uh, we were having a discussion about the church in Acts and um, kind of going over the uh, characteristics of what that would have looked like back then versus what it looks like now and how we don't uh, do as much helping each other, I think, is how we I got into this thing. And <clears throat> I mentioned to them that if you think about it, and I just— innocently use this phrase and I, and I probably shouldn't have and I've spoke to a couple of the people at church uh, about this and they said you shouldn't say that because it has like a negative connotation but I didn't mean it in any uh, negative way at all I just was doing it to kind of describe uh, what the church was versus what it is today and I was I used the word that the church uh, the church in Acts has a certain socialistic characteristic to it, if you, if you think about it. And I'm not talking about giving any money to the government or yeah. anything else, just about sharing. Uh, if I have something and you need something, I'm, you know, back in the day, I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, they shared everything. And yeah. if I needed something and, you know, I came to you, you would help me. And that, sh that word sharing is mentioned in a socialistic uh, definition. And, and that's all I meant by that. And the individual that I was talking to got very upset about this and uh, they left and, uh, and, and it's a couple. And, uh, you know, I, I've, uh, and I just, I described how I saw him again. So I was talking to one of our pastors at church and I said, gosh, I feel like I should go by and apologize to this guy. And he says, you have nothing to apologize for because you were, didn't say anything that was <clears throat> incorrect about a character but he just uh, received it wrong and he you know made a judgment on something that you were talking about and it uh, was totally the wrong uh you know response to what you said 
so I kind of took some, you know, I felt, well, wow, that's good. You know, so I, I feel better about that. So more I thought about, it, I thought, eh, I, I, it just doesn't sit right with me. I got to go by and make amends and try to get this guy back because I just love this, this, this couple. And I, I was so sorry that, not so sorry that what I said, but so sorry that it, that it uh, ruined our relationship. Yeah. So I went by his house, knocked on the door, his wife came to the door and I said, can I talk to so-and-so? And, uh, he came to the door and kind of looked, you know, very uh, per, uh, perplexed. And I said, listen, I just wanted to come by and uh, ap apologize for why our relationship went bad for something that I said. I, I, I'm not apologizing for what I said, but I'm, but I'm sorry. I, I, I am, I am hurt that uh, we're not together, uh, that I love you. And, and I just miss being with you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, two grown men talking to each other like that is, <laughs> God, I'm saying it again. I'm thinking like, holy mackerel. <coughs> and our wives are standing there too. So, uh, so I, I, uh, you know, we had a, just kind of a terse brief, uh, conversation. It was uncomfortable. And then I left. And then um, I didn't hear from him uh, for quite some time. <clears throat> and then he called me back and he said, hey, listen, um, I can't remember what I told you but, or what he said exactly. But uh, he said that um, that really took a lot of. Cajones. Uh, okay, we'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> to come by and to say that, what you said. And, and he said, I. I really respect you for what you said. That really showed me a lot of character. And he said, he, he didn't apologize, but he said, we are going to get back together and uh, I miss you too. But I just want to tell you that uh, very seldom would somebody do something like that. And it was just totally out of character. And, and I think I said something, it's kind of out of character to me too, but being a Christ-like follower, if I don't forgive people, and, and really I'm not here for your forgiveness or whatever, but I just want to make our relationship right. So I'm, I guess it wouldn't be more uh, as much in the forgiveness part of it as it would be in the uh, loving our neighbors and just loving our brother. And if somebody said something, uh, I, I don't want to end the real. And we are very quick to judge uh, just in the church or outside the church. I mean, yeah. I, you know, you can say something, I'm going to go, oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm done with you. I didn't realize you were. Or they're not a true Christian. Yeah. So, I mean, basically that was it. Cody wanted me to share. We just finished the podcast. I guess this will be our Friday podcast. Uh, that was the one we just did was the Wednesday. We'll, we'll air it tomorrow. And this will air on uh, Friday, but just about forgiveness. So now we got to fill another, what, 15 minutes or 10, 15 minutes. So, well, no, I think what you just said with us being super judgmental, I think that just goes, that hits so deep. And I guess my, my question that I was already thinking about asking you, um, because you referred to the Acts church, my question that I was already, already thinking to you was what does the church look like today? If the Acts church comes back, if the Acts church was to be here and now 2022, smack dab in the middle of America. What does that look like? Does that look like us calling out the LGBTQ community from the pulpit? Or does it look like us going into the streets and loving on them as Jesus would and developing relational equity with people? Does it look like us going to the homeless or just driving past the homeless and calling them, you know, dirty, rotten scum, and they just deserve to be there because that's where they want to be there or they're drug addicts? Or does it look like us going out and giving them food and building them, uh, you know, places to stay 
and making a way out for that. What is what does the church look like today if the Acts Church comes back? What does that look like to you? So, uh, well, uh, one of our pastors, who uh, our ex pastor, uh, uh, used to say that we don't love uh, people that you just mentioned. Um, we don't love uh, them for what they do, but we still love them. Yep. So, I mean, uh, that would be number one. I, I would think when you're talking about all this LGBT stuff, and um, so um, I would, I, I, I would just have to say that you know, I, I love you for who you are, and but I don't love what you do, but, but, but I love you as a person. And as far as uh, the church in Acts today, what it would look like, wow. I mean, uh, <laughs> it's hard to imagine the church in Acts today, but I, I've also, on some of our past episodes, you know, we referred to the to the bride of Christ, the church being the, uh, the bride of Christ, if he came yeah. back and said, you know, I'm looking for my from my woman or, or, or my bride and mm-hmm. well you know we're here this is it oh yeah. wow you know this 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 can't be it i mean <laughs> she's this isn't who i married i mean i've actually said that i get in trouble again yeah but to me we've gotten so far removed from the church and acts and again this socialistic mindset that i just want to share and love each other and help each other we talked about and again in one of these uh, uh these episodes about um a communal living for Christ. If the church in Acts came back today and we um, <clears throat> wanted to get back to helping and sharing, I think it was um, uh, Carrie and, and I talked about this, that we wouldn't be searching out these uh, giant houses, fancy cars. Uh, I mean, gosh, even going on trips, clothes, everything yeah. would be insignificant. Just being together to further the kingdom would be the only thing. Yep. So in order to do that, we can't live like we live today. So in answer to your question, you couldn't bring the church in Acts back the way we live today without, and, and I'm sure there are, are, are other ways of living commun- uh, than, than living communally. But one of the things that Kerry uh, had on his heart, and I think Sean and a couple of others were saying that their dream would be that they would get a big plot of land they would each build each other's houses. It'd be a very meek house. It could be a trailer. It could be whatever. They could put uh, trailers together or pods together to expand for the families. And then I think uh, one of the wives said, yeah, and yeah, we'd have like a community center in the center. We could have like a community meal maybe once a week. It's not like we would live together in the same house, but we would live together supporting each other. If somebody had a broken car, we'd have a guy that would, would repair the car. If somebody, yeah. you know, we could school them and, um, uh, but for the purpose of going out into the world and spending all of our time winning souls and growing the kingdom. Amen. Amen. So I guess that, that just kind of goes along and I've, I've shared this a lot with you, babe. Um, that one of the very first words that I got from the Lord when walking into churches was that in my opinion, we are so focused on impartation that we neglect intimacy. Mm-hmm. What is intimacy with Christ meant to you? Just because specifically, I mean, we talked about this a little bit on the way over here. You asked me one day, what is my gift? You know, so-and-so prophesies, so-and-so preaches, so-and-so is a, is a healer or a seer or this, that, and the other. And I remember in that conversation, I looked at you and I said, well, what I see in you is love. 
and the one thing that never dies, the best thing that you can have, the best gift that you can have developed in you to the point that that's what just exudes out of you is love because everything else passes away. So I guess just from a person's perspective that I see it out of, what has not so much the Holy Spirit's impartation with power been to you, but what is the intimacy aspect of being with Jesus every day been like for you? And how has that changed your life? Are you asking me or Bud? You, I call you babe. I mean, I mean, it could be. Anything. Bud, you could be my babe today. I don't know. <laughs> we started off with two guys uh, loving each other. <laughs> so basically, what you're asking is, how is my intimacy every day? With how has intimacy impacted you? And would you rather, knowing this side of your intimacy with Jesus, would you rather have impartation of the Holy Spirit and power, or would you rather have intimacy with jesus at the end of the day i think honestly i would just rather have the intimacy because it's like when some teachers ask you sometime like if you could have a superpower what would it be mm -hmm. and i have answered uh in one of my classes before uh our teacher asked what would you have as a superpower and of course people are like oh i would turn back time i would have super speed or i would fly yeah and i told my teacher if i could have one superpower it would be to heal people and, she, you know, like that kind of caught her off guard because she's like, most people don't say that. They want something bigger. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, going back to your question, I would choose intimacy over power any day Um. just because it's like it's it's just like a certain feeling that you feel when you are with Jesus every day and talking to him. It's like there's just so much peace inside of you every day, like every morning. Whenever I pray, I'm so tired, obviously, beforehand. And then the second I just start talking with him throughout the morning, I feel like I'm finally awake. Yeah. You know? And I think that's because, like, talking to him every day, it just, it deepens, not your core, but, like, it just goes so far beyond that, you know? It's not like talking to a ghost or anything. You're talking to your Heavenly Father, you know, who is Jesus, who was in man form. Yeah. And it's just developing more of a relationship with him, you know, because they say you have to act like you're dating him every single day. And I'm not cheating on you, babe. <laughs> you cheat on me with, with Jesus anytime. It's okay. I'll take that. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's just like having a best friend that never goes away. Yeah. And, you know, like superpowers can come and go from what I've seen in comic books and movies. But just, I feel like a relationship with jesus is always going to be there yeah and and how has that impacted i mean we've i've watched how it's impacted your life um i remember probably one of my most amazing moments with you was when i was sitting on the couch at the apartment and you walked out of the bathroom and you said i need to ask you a serious question and i was like Ooh, I was like, I was like, where's this going to go? <laughs> and, and you said, I want what you have. And I said, what do you mean? And you said, How I, do I get closer to God. Yeah. Yeah. And so going from not having that to having that, what, what is the, what does intimacy mean to you? Like with him, like what, what is, does that mean? 
I mean, just coming from being a pastor's kid, I felt like back then I had to fake it to make it. Yeah. Because I was I was the pastor's daughter with my sister. And, you know, if we didn't look the part, then we weren't the Christian family household that the church thought we, that we were. Right. So stepping away from it, coming back to it in a fresh, uh, truthful way feels a whole lot different. You know, like it's I want to get closer every day to him. I want to know him more. I ask so many questions because I'm so analytical and I'm just an overthinker, as you already know. <laughs> and. I just, you know, like I said earlier, like it's just like dating every single day. And, you know, you're never going to know everything about your partner. There's always something you can learn about them every single day until the day you die. Yeah. So to me, it's just finding out the answers from him of every day of how I can be a better person, what more I can do for his children, not for me, and just how I can bless other people without expecting something in return. So you spoke to going from being a pastor's daughter to having to perform and fake it till you make it, right? And then you said to walking and coming back in a way where you know it's the truth. Mm -hmm. Is it hard for you to forgive people now that you know him and you know what he's done for you and what he's forgiven you of? Does it make it easier and almost more automatic for you to be able to forgive other people. It, I think it definitely makes it easier to forgive because like you've always told me is that you feel like I'm love. And I think when you are filled with that, it makes things a lot easier for you. You don't get angry quick anymore. You don't feel bitter towards people. And it's not that you can say you forgive someone, but you're like, I need you to pray for me to forgive this person. You just do it. You know? Yeah, why? Because he forgave us, so why can't we forgive others? Amen. Forgive or you won't be forgiven. <clears throat> uh, you know, also, uh, as you're talking, I'm thinking of the word intimacy, and you talked again about the church in Acts. 2,000 years ago, there wasn't all these distractions. I mean, they just had each other. Yeah. Basically, that was it. I mean, you know, they had some form of entertainment or whatever, but... Even the church, you know, Mark Tosh used to talk about, we need to get back to church 70 years ago. You know, the church in the 1950s is which I, uh, I grew up. Again, we didn't have any electronics device. We had sports and we just had each other going to church, uh, going back to church at, at night, going back to church on Wednesdays and, you know, on and on. Church was our life, you know, so we, yeah. was, we were surrounded by, uh, by each other. Right. And again, I kind of look at that as the church in Acts. I mean, we were just with each other eating, you know, you know, the whole uh, picture of what the church was like, eating together, praying together, uh, just helping each other, uh, planting churches. We used to build churches back in the in the day. Uh, so, I mean, it, just that 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 word intimacy, I think, is a is just a great word that that, that we've lost today. You yeah, know, we don't have that anymore because we're too busy to be intimate. There's no time. Intimacy requires time. I mean, it, yeah. it, it really does. You right. Know, for me to be uh, intimately engaged or to know somebody, I can't just do that on a, on a flyby or drive-by or a, an occasional, you know, talk or whatever. I have to really spend a lot of time and effort. So, I mean, we just don't do that anymore. So, I, I, I think that's when we talk about that church and acts thing, that's also gone out of our life. Yeah. You know, um, 
I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And just as you're talking about how planning churches back in 1950, obviously you're not planning churches in 1950 to get noticed on a social media platform or to blow up. You're genuinely doing it for the advancement of the kingdom. And I feel like now a lot of our works are done for people to see. We were kind of sitting down before we even got to having a podcast before we shared a meal together about all the televangelists and stuff like that, about how it was just, it was, it was a spectacle that was put on and it would, none of it was to honor Jesus. It was all to look at the front man. Um, and that is what concerns me about today's church is that we're making it about the front men or the front women, or people are getting on social media doing it to gain followers or to gain attention and to not actually point it back to Jesus and they're using Jesus. And, you know, um, I think that's, I think it becomes evident in the middle of the harsh seasons. You know, I knew we were going to get to it somewhere along the line today. I didn't know how, but you and I uh, just went through um, losing a pregnancy. Um, But we just went through, probably what should have been the roughest season of our life. Make it or break it. Make it or break it. And the way that God showed up in that season um, and is still showing up, it was it was the first time you ever ministered to me. Um, and it's usually the other way around in the house. But I remember we come home from the hospital and, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to fast for seven days because, you know, our first or the appointment that we just came out of was um, the doctors weren't comfortable calling it a miscarriage because it was like a the sack was a centimeter too small or something like that. And they said, come back in a week. We're going to do a follow up ultrasound and we're talking to them like, you know, what are the chances something shows up? And they're just being real honest. They're like, it's just it's it's not I'm not going to say it's not going to happen, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. And I just remember these thoughts just start running through my mind of I'm going to fast for seven days. I'm going to fast for seven days. God is going to move. This is going to, this is going to be a wild story. This is going to be an amazing testimony to God's power. And I remember I'm just laying out in our front, in our front backyard on a brick pad with ants and bugs crawling all over me. And I remember God whispering to me, are you going to fast? because you want to get closer to me or are you going to fast because you want to force my hand? Mm -hmm. And I remember that was just a, it was just a gut punch because what I thought were sincere emotions was actually very, um, what I would call demonic because I'm forcing God's hands. And when I, when I wasn't able to ask, answer that question, God asked me, are you not okay if this is the reality? And I said, wow. I said, oh my gosh. And at that moment, you walk out of the house and you say, what are you doing? Because I'm laying on the ground with bugs crawling all over me. And I explained to you my thoughts. And I told you my last thing that I want to do is use God. And that's when you ministered to me in that moment. And you started saying, I really feel, well, God God told me, and, and I really feel it to be true, that the devil's been standing in line to talk to God about us for a long time. We got blessed with brand new lives. 
um, amazing, successful ministries, a new house, new cars, new jobs, an amazing marriage um, with little to no issues, um, and now a baby. And the devil stood in line and waited to tell God that if he could take one of those things away, we would curse his name. And I remember in that moment just being so overwhelmed with his presence that it just became so evident that if he has my first kid, it's okay. And I remember getting that from you. Um, but the hardest part was not even having the, for me, wasn't even having that conversation or going through that grieving process. The hardest part is going out and having to tell the people that know you're pregnant, that you just miscarried a baby and then having them not understand the peace that you are in and telling and them telling you that you're in denial because they don't know Jesus mm -hmm. because they don't know who he is and they don't know that he matters most and we're not going to allow anything to matter more. Um, and that was the hardest thing for me. And I just remember in that moment, I was uh, a day or two later, I was sitting outside and God started saying these things to me. And then I'll get your thoughts on these, on these things, guys, because I could go in all day. Um, but the Holy Spirit just started whispering me to me, these, these one-liners. And um, it's, it starts off with when the curtain tore, it signified no longer do you come to God, but God is coming to you. God's presence is now invading the earth. Heaven is now invading the earth. And the Holy Spirit started saying, your ancestors prayed for the opportunity to commune with me, yet you take it for granted every single day. You continue to ask for inheritance of power and impartation when you continue to neglect the inheritance that you've already been given to sit with me and walk with me daily. You continue to pray for more things materially, things of vanity, while you continue to neglect the prayers that have been answered by my presence and by my love and by my intimacy. Why are you trying to get into heaven when heaven is trying to get into you? But do you want to comment? <laughs> Wow, I kind of out of my element on all those. <clears throat> you know, I I would say as you're talking that the um, we just you know we talked about this earlier about you know whenever I not question my faith, but the thing that I really have a hard time dealing with is when a kid, a baby dies. Yeah, and I just think like, gosh, is there any purpose? And I mean, you know, what is the purpose in that? You know, and of course you guys are discussing it. You're going to impact people's lives that that, that hear this. They're going to have a whole different. Uh, you know, in good times and in bad, all, all kinds of things, you know, come up uh, that we all know about. But it's so much harder to do the things to go through the bad times or whatever with that same faith. And I was telling you about this little guy that I went to his memorial uh, last Saturday, a two-year-old. Uh, for those of you that uh, don't know, I mean, a lot of you do know, uh, Milo died, uh, Joseph, uh, the uh, Texas Roadhouse and Andrea. And um, again, just thinking like, gosh, you know, I mean, um, why, you know, I mean, why would this happen? But the uh, purpose of it, what I gleaned out of it was all these people that were there and everything. And Joseph would write these beautiful texts about his his uh, faith and how to be strong and 
uh, just to go through everything. So these little lives that had this impact on us, it just uh, sometimes I don't get it and, yeah. and I don't like it. But, you know, that's my wisdom. And that's not God's wisdom. So, I mean, I'm so sorry for you and I'm so sorry for Milo. And I just it, it, it just really hurts. But I just have to, you know, just put it up to God and just say, I know there's a reason for this, you know. Yeah. 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 Just going back to that. Yeah. It's just a lot of people have been coming up to us um, about the miscarriage and asking, like, what is it I can do for you? Or you must be going through so much or you guys are probably overwhelmed with sadness. And I remember talking to one of my friends, Vanessa Leon, and she asked me, um, do you want to stay in the spirit of grief or do you want to move forward? And I think what everyone needs to do in a tough season like these days is just you got to keep moving forward and just try to stay positive with God on your side. Yeah. I think this is what, um, what Pastor Sean was telling us the other day, and he was talking about how we're buffalo, we're not cows. I would love and there's <laughs> a season in Denver when a torrentious storm hits these pastures all the time, and the cows choose to run. And by running, they prolong the suffering. But the buffalo run into the storm. And by running into the storm, they shorten the suffering, and they just take it head on, knowing that they can get through it. And uh, I believe that's what Christians are called to be. We're called to be buffaloes. We're called to run into the storm and to take it head on. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Constipated Christian Podcast. However you are tuning in, be sure to follow or subscribe, as well as leave a rating and review. If you are interested in learning more ways on how to live out your faith, you can visit our website at theconstipatedchristian.org. And if you'd like to leave Bud or one of our guests a comment, you can email it to theconstipatedchristian at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.